Nicodemus came a long way in the Gospel of John. From the man we heard about today questioning Jesus at night, ashamed and fearful even to be seen talking to Jesus, to presumably being a follower of Jesus, bringing myrrh and aloes to help anoint Jesus' body for burial. It seems that at some point along the way, Nicodemus stopped questioning Jesus and began following him. It seems that at some point along the way, Nicodemus was born again from above. Nicodemus was a Pharisee, a Jewish sect known for their strict adherence to the law of Moses, all 613 of the laws. The Pharisaic life was a life of ritual and religious practice. I would dare say as Episcopalians, we understand ritual and religious practice. We're a people of practice. We wear, some of us wear white robes, symbolizing resurrection garments. We light candles in rooms full of light as symbols of the light of Christ. And we're in the middle of a self-imposed 40-day season of fasting and penitence to prepare us for Easter. We intentionally remind ourselves of our sin and our mortal nature so that we might amend our ways, seek reconciliation, and rejoice in the resurrection. As Episcopalians, we definitely get ritual and religious practice. And there's nothing wrong with ritual and religious practice, and yet Jesus was constantly butting heads with the Pharisees over their religious practice. I think where the Pharisees, and sometimes Episcopalians even, go wrong in our practice of our religion is in believing that, or acting as though the ritual itself is necessary for our lives with God, rather than as potentially helpful. Sometimes ritual and practice can take over, and any meaning to that practice can be forgotten. Well, in the Episcopal Church, we tend not to force or demand ritual and practice. When it's helpful, we use it. The practices of our faith have been often been shown to be helpful in our journeys with God, helping us to grow into and grow as disciples of Jesus. And so we keep these practices, we use them, but without the presence of God, they don't mean a whole lot. None of our practice, or any help that our practice could give, is possible or even helpful without being born again from above. Now in our lives, we often find ourselves in all kinds of messes. There are all sorts of things from which we need saving. And we often find ourselves trying to claw our way out of the darkness, sometimes even through religious, religious ritual or practice. And while we will have some success at this, we're not going to climb our way out of the darkness on our own. We tend to go in the wrong direction. Or we tend to be overcome by the darkness. Or we tend to feel like we know ourselves and our capabilities so well that we rely too much on ourselves. We need to be born from above and not rely on ourselves alone, but on Jesus as well. Now last Wednesday, the Reverend John Newton, who's candidate for lifelong formation at the diocese, was here and he spoke with us at our Lenten Soup Supper. He'd just written a book called New Clothes, Putting on Christ and Finding Ourselves. And in this book he wrote the following. Growth in the spiritual life is not about us doing something, but rather about our hearts being converted to the reality of what God in Christ has already done. The garment of salvation is already ours through Christ. The 
shoe is already yours. The meaning of life is to grow into that garment, to grow into that shoe, and to walk in newness of life. Remember, we don't need to climb out of the darkness. We have a rescuer who has already climbed out and set us on solid ground and turned us around. Jesus, our rescuer, longs to give direction to our lives. We need not make a name for ourselves. Our rescuer has already named us. And spiritual growth is about learning from him who we already are. To me, that sounds an awful lot like the end of our gospel, John 6, 3, 16 through 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. God so loved the world that he sent Jesus down into the darkness of our lives so that we don't need frantically to climb out, but to believe in him and go in the direction he gives us. God has saved us already and transferred us into his kingdom. We needn't fight or strive for or achieve God's kingdom. We simply grow into who we are as God's beloved children and inheritors of his kingdom. You must be born from above, Jesus told Nicodemus. Become God's children. Become who you truly are. The only action we take, the only ritual we perform in being born from above is getting doused by some water in baptism. And there is some ritual to that, but the important part of baptism is that God partners with us in baptism, using those waters to be waters of rebirth, turning us once again into children, giving us the garment of salvation, transferring us out of the darkness in which we find ourselves into the light of God's kingdom. And we also realize that God is not prohibited by baptism. We can be born again whenever we trust in Jesus, that he is here with us and that he will guide us. We can be born again whenever we allow God's spirit to enter into us and heal us and lead us. This has been one of my recurring prayers of late. God, grant me your Holy Spirit. Please guide me. Please lead me. When we're born from above, we become a child again. Jesus said in Mark 10.15, Truly I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter it. In being born from above, we reclaim some of our childishness, some of our childlike wonder and delight in the world. In being born from above, we reclaim some of our insatiable curiosity, no longer content with our knowledge, of how things work and the way things are being born from again, uh, born from above, we wonder again, constantly asking how and why. We're no longer bored or immune to the beauty all around us. Being born from above, we're children again. And children don't do everything on their own. Children trust in and rely on their parents. Being born from above, we trust in and rely on God. Children are okay with being naked, as my youngest son can testify. Backyard, often we come and retrieve him. Children are okay with being naked, and as children of God being born again, we're okay with being spiritually and emotionally naked, vulnerable and intimate, not putting up barriers to other people all the time. 
Being born from above, we put aside our need to achieve greatness. We put aside our desire to make a name for ourselves. As children of God, we have no need to prove our worth. Children are given immeasurable worth just because they're beloved of their parents. We are given immeasurable worth not by what we achieve, not by what we accomplish, but simply because we are beloved of God. I said earlier that as Episcopalians we understand religious, religious ritual and practice. And we do. We understand that religious ritual and practice do not make us beloved of God. We are beloved of God. Religious ritual and practice can help remind us of that fact. That we are beloved of God and help remind us to put our trust in Jesus and follow Him. Even as Nicodemus eventually did through his questioning and wondering and persistence in trying to get what is, it, what is it about this Jesus that compelled him so much? What Nicodemus finally understood, what compelled him about Jesus, were the words that Jesus spoke. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. God so loved the world that he sent Jesus down into the darkness of our lives so that we don't need frantically to climb out of the darkness, but to believe in him and to go in the direction that he gives us. God has saved us already and transferred us into his kingdom. And we needn't fight or strive for or achieve God's kingdom. We simply grow into who we are as God's beloved children and inheritors of his kingdom. 